Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're taking a look at an absolute housing crisis in Canada. For many people, this translates into a crisis of pricing, but in truth, this is rapidly emerging as a crisis of availability at any cost. Canada is a relatively small country in terms of population. We only have 38.6 million people. That's up from 37.7 million people in 2020. You might be wondering, how can that be? Most mature Western economies are experiencing an aging population. Declining birth rates and people are starting families later in life than ever before. The fertility rate in Canada dropped to 1.53%, the lowest on record in 2020. That's down from an average of 1.59 for the period from 2015 to 2020. In 1970, Canada's fertility rate was 2.61, and it's been dropping steadily ever since. So what is fueling all of that demand for housing? And that's what we're going to look at today and discuss what the data is telling us and where the data is actually misleading. When I say the data, I'm talking about the census data. Developers and market analysts often look to census data for information on housing demand in an area. But I'm here to tell you that the census data does not capture the real situation on the ground. The demand for housing in a particular location is driven by other factors that are simply not captured in the census. Housing follows the laws of supply and demand. We know that the rise in interest rates has reduced demand for home ownership, but we also know that rising interest rates also affect landlords as well. More importantly, the supply of new rental housing stock is going to be dramatically impacted by both rising interest rates and higher construction costs. Growth in demand outpaced the growth in supply, even though Canada built a record number of purpose-built rental units, and it's pushed the vacancy rate for purpose-built rental apartments down from 3.1% to 1.9% on a national basis. This was the vacancy rate's lowest level since 2001, and rent growth for its part reached a new high. Rental demand has surged across the country. This is a reflection of higher net migration and return of students to on-campus learning. Another factor was higher mortgage rates, which drove up the already elevated cost of home ownership. Despite higher overall supply, the share of rental units that are affordable for the lowest income renters in most markets is so low in single digits, or in many cases, it's simply too low to report. That's especially true in Ontario and British Columbia. The average rent growth for a two-bedroom unit turned over to a new tenant was well above the rent growth for units without turnover. That's an average of 18.2% versus an increase of 2.8% for already occupied units. According to official numbers, Canada admitted 402,000 immigrants last year. That's a record number. But that doesn't tell the whole story. An additional 40,000 people showed up at our border seeking refugee status. These are people that are fleeing persecution from other parts of the world. In order to be considered a refugee, a person needs to meet very specific criteria. They can't just be seeking better economic conditions. They've got to be fleeing racial or religious persecution. They might qualify if they were at risk due to sexual orientation, along with a host of other very specifically defined criteria. Compared to the issues at the U.S. southern border, these numbers might seem small, but taken into context for the size of Canada, the numbers are significant. Those fleeing the war zone in the Ukraine are actually not refugees according to the legal definition. They're being admitted to Canada under a special visitor visa that's good for up to three years. So far, 166,000 people have entered the country under that program. 
but Canada has issued 560,000 visitor visas from the Ukraine under that program. That means there's another 400,000 Ukrainians still to arrive. And that's assuming, of course, that they don't issue more visitor visas. Where they are going to be housed is not readily apparent. As the world has emerged from the pandemic, the number of international students coming to Canada is starting to return to historic numbers. We can expect this coming academic year, an additional 160,000 international students. These don't appear in the census data. On top of these numbers, the Canadian government's forecast to grant immigration visas to another 400,000 this year. But there are currently 2.3 million applications in the queue behind the 402,000 that were admitted to Canada last year. We've experienced a period of incredibly attractive financing conditions for development over the last five years. And that means the number of purpose-built rentals has grown steadily, which pushed the vacancy rate up to 3% at the start of 2022. And today, that vacancy rate is now well below 1% in most of Canada's major cities. Vancouver is a great example. Asking rents for vacant units, on average, are 43% higher than those paid for occupied units. And that represents a strong disincentive to move for existing tenants. And that's resulting in very low tenant turnover. But it's indicative of the situation for prospective tenants as well, including those moving to Canada for the first time. As a result, Canadian government is pushing new immigrants to settle in smaller secondary and tertiary markets. And even those markets are now quickly becoming saturated. The higher cost of construction combined with the higher cost of capital is going to reduce the number of newly built units entering the market at a time when demand is surging. What it means is that virtually anything that gets built will be occupied. Price discovery is still ongoing to find a new equilibrium. Clearly, wages are not increasing at anywhere near the rate of rental growth, so the rent growth being experienced is not sustainable. In many markets, the number of affordable units is so low as not even to be statistically measurable. That's true in Toronto, Vancouver, and my home city of Ottawa. New supply is currently running at about half of the incoming population growth. So the obvious question is, where are all these people going to go? We're going to likely see adult children living at home with parents for much longer than at any time in history. New household formation is likely to drop. We're likely to see separated and divorced couples living together for much longer for economic reasons, reducing another source of household formation. The outlook for this year for new product is going to be a little bit bumpy as a result of the uncertainty presented by higher capital costs and rising construction costs. But over the medium term, the supply-demand picture highly favors developers continuing to build new product. And none of this is properly reflected in the census data. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.